who runs so much movies? Uh, you know who? Say it. Jordan runs so much movies. <laughs> So much, 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 so much. Do you want to just get right into it? Let's talk about Mad Max. I was thinking the other day about what my favorite franchise is, Mm -hmm. like in terms of an established world, Mm -hmm. and I decided that I think I like Mad Max the best. It's your favorite universe? Kinda. I mean, I love Star Wars. Yeah. But there's kind of too much of it now Mm -hmm. that it's kind of gotten smaller. Yeah. You can't really speculate on stuff as well. And with Mad Max, it's wide open, even though there's, you know, there's four movies, but each one's so wildly different than the previous one that it makes it more interesting. Yeah. And the only thing that's the same about all of them is that george miller directed them well i think that's what helps is that it's not meant to be they're really that they're even all in a row yeah like story-wise they're all literally this is a story someone's telling about this folk hero named max yeah i think the second one's kind of supposed to be after the first one like he has the same car and everything but yeah even then that's the whole it almost doesn't matter it as long as he has the car that's just one of the things of the mythos of max oh yeah He's the got myth- this awesome The car. mythos is that he has a cool car, uh-huh. the V8 Interceptor. Yep. And he... The last V8 in Australia. Yeah, the last V8. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the other thing about him is that he helps people who need help. Mm-hmm. He's this wanderer and who has this weird duty or obligation to help people. Yeah. And that's kind of the... What he goes through, what it seems like in the later three of them. Mm-hmm. That he's, he doesn't really want to help people. Yeah. But he's somehow convinced. Yeah. But the first one is almost kind of like an origin story. Yeah. Which I think is cool because I don't think they meant it to make a origin story for a bunch of other things. Oh, no. Absolutely I not. think it was supposed to be just a self-contained thing. It was just a B-movie. It was yeah. like, what, what, wouldn't it be really cool if we just sort of made a mild dystopia yeah and that let us do a bunch of cool car stunts (laughs) yeah pretty much well i was actually just reading about the making of the first one and about how it's kind of based on two things from george miller's life okay which when combined pretty much form the entirety of this world and what's unique about it i'm intrigued which two things which is one He worked in an emergency room for a while. Oh, yeah. In Australia. Yep. And they had lots of gruesome car accident patients. That makes sense. And so they were were really gross. I think, you know, Australia, it's just, it's almost like Texas, where it's like tons of wide open highways that people drive 110 miles an hour down. And so he did that for a while, and that added to the movie yeah and then the other thing was in the 70s there were several oil shortages for various reasons oh yeah okay and he said he went to uh there was one gas station where it was you know lying down the street yep they were running out of it and people were like literally get into into fist fights with other people who had cut the line oh nice and he kind of concluded from that that Humans will do virtually anything to keep driving, <laughs> which is kind of, you know, in all these things. That's perfect. And it kind of was about, 
you know, what happens when we run out? Yeah. What's it going to be like? That's a cool inspiration for these movies. I kind of thought, yeah, and it makes sense being the 70s. Yep, absolutely. And also just how unsafe cars were then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like pre-mandatory seatbelts. But also it was kind of the height of muscle cars in a cool way. And the cars were just, yeah, recklessly fast. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. When did the first one come out? First one came out in 1979. 79. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's like, I don't really know if I'd say it's a good movie. It's way too long. Yeah. And it's like a standard movie length. For sure. Just not that much happens. It's like a short movie that's been turned into a that full movie. That they stretched movie. it out, yeah. But there's so many cool ideas and characters yeah. in there. The design is awesome. And just the concept. It's almost like a... And having, like, a, having a villain named Toe Cutter is yeah, automatically yeah. great. It's almost like the world's greatest music video that got stretched out. Hey, there you to go. To like feature That's length. a good way to describe it. Yeah. Because, yeah, it, it, it actually reminds me a lot of Drive, where it, there's all these cool shots of yeah. Mel Gibson in this muscle car, like looking at him with his aviators in the rear view mirror. And, like, really low shots of, yep. like, the road coming at you super fast. Right. He loves that one. He uses that yep. a lot. And, obviously, insane amounts of car wrecks. Yeah, the car wrecks Boy, are Boy, the really car cool. wrecks are over the top. Yeah. Explosions. Things exploding that it's doesn't a, make sense for them to explode. It's a weird movie because if you know anything about Mad Max and you go into that movie, it's kind of disappointing. Yeah. It's, it's a good one to actually see without having any... Yeah. idea of what Mad Max is almost yeah because then you're like oh this is like a cool 70s B movie mm-hmm. that they made on a low budget in Australia yep then it's that's then it's an awesome movie it's only in even how they're all kind of post-apocalypse this is like barely post-apocalypse yeah like people, right. there's still like an organized police force that works for the government yeah although they they're pretty fast and loose with it and like they lo- get their own cars and and they're losing control to these gangs yeah these roaming gangs so um, that's that's essentially the beginning of the mad max universe and, and of mad max yeah. he's just max and he's got a wife and a kid yeah and then this this gang comes and kills his wife and kid yep. and he wants to go seek revenge which is why he's mad max well and actually um and I'd forgotten this part until I was just looking it up. Um, part of the movie, too, is that he's a cop. He's awesome at it. Yeah. And then his his friend gets killed. Right. And he kind of is like, oh, I'm going to quit this. Yep. And he, he and his family, they go on vacation or whatever, and then his family gets killed. And right. he kind of decides to come back and become like a revenge cop. Yeah, for sure. Which I think it does it's a pretty a very, good... That's a very pulpy yeah. premise. And it does a pretty good job of showing how he gets to be the way he is in all the rest of the movies, which yeah. is a very reluctant hero who's kind of on his own. Mm-hmm. And part of the movie is about whether or not he's going to get talked into helping people. And it's always, he's always going to get And he's going to. Um, it's funny. It kind of, people compare these movies to Westerns a lot. Yeah, And especially the first one, it's kind of like a Western with cars. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think it's interesting how you can almost trace it back to, so like, People say it's a lot like Westerns, and a lot of how Westerns got to be was from basically stealing it from samurai movies. Oh, cool. And because samurai movies had a lot more of the thing where society was collapsing, and that's why all this stuff was happening. Like, they're kind of set in, like, the late samurai era. Okay. And then also they were made in Japan after World War II, when that was kind of what was going on, was they were dealing with the societal collapse a little bit. So I think it's kind of cool. Uh, you like you mentioned we were talking about this earlier how um, Max frequently doesn't say what his name is. So in the later movies, 
people are always at, say, what's your name? And he frequently deflects. Yeah. And so, like, at the end of Fury Road, he says it. At, that's like a a big character moment for him is revealing that his name yeah. is Max to this person that he now trusts. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting because in, like, the first two Akira Kurosawa samurai movies, mm-hmm. it's the same samurai in both of them. Oh, okay. But he, like, when they ask him what his name is in those movies, he basically just says whatever plant is nearby. Oh, funny. <laughs> he just makes up a name, and that's, like, the name of these first two movies. Oh, is cool. what he says his name is. Gotcha. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it's kind of cool that they're both... It's all kind of this wandering... Very cynical. It's a type for hero sure. for hire. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's been that's uh, probably a George Miller influence just as much as you know the spaghetti westerns. Yeah, which all you know, it's all through line. Yeah, it's all there. Yeah, but Max really is cool. but Max is the coolest. <laughs> Max is the one that's set in the future instead of the past. His, even like the westerns, they don't even make sense in that kind of. His world is. I mean, it was it, being it's built. a lawless land. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but it was like being built up. It wasn't right. like collapsing. The Mad Max world is the coolest because oh, let's actually there's explosions. There's explosions. How, <laughs> no, that, that's not even the coolest part. That's, oh, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. What I like about it is that George Miller extrapolates what society will be like in a way that I think is way more interesting than any of these other uh-huh. that are just futures do it. Yeah. Past or future, not even oh, okay. bring it to westerns anymore, yeah. but like sci-fi and stuff like that. Okay, yeah. Essentially, what's so interesting about it is that no one's educated anymore, which mm-hmm. is like base one. Mm-hmm. Everyone who's young just has no education, mm-hmm. and they're all just hearing stories from someone else. Yep. So, especially, they really hammer it in Fury Road, because that's supposed to be a lot later on mm-hmm. in the timeline of the apocalypse, kind of. But even Road Warrior does a little bit and uh beyond thunderdome really does it where people are just constantly remembering things by chanting them <laughs> yeah or uh yeah. people have like the weirdest names like lord humongous They're very literal yeah and uh what's the name of the bad guy in fury road this okay. is embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm blanking <laughs> immortan joe immortan joe Auntie Entity from Thunderdome. Yeah. Just the idea of Thunderdome. Like, all of these things are, like, shortcuts for people who aren't educated to figure stuff out. Yeah. There's all these ways that society has reformed themselves Mm -hmm. in the wake of this sort of capitalism has died. Yeah. Because there's no resources anymore. Yep. And so... There's an entire town in Road Warrior that's based around an oil refinery. Mm Mm-hmm. And there are these roving gangs that are trying to attack it. And that's, like, their society. Yeah. And in Beyond Thunderdome, there's an entire town called Bartertown where you're entirely worth what you can trade. Yeah. (laughs) And the whole town is run on methane from pigs. Mm -hmm. And their laws are basically, you know, you have to do a deal. It's all about barters. (laughs) And if you bust a deal, you face the wheel. And that's, like, a punishment. And And that's the thing that people chant. Yeah, and they chant it like everything else. (laughs) It's so good. And then even, and Fury Road especially does this Uh because everything, books don't exist anymore. Yep. And so the only way that anyone knows anything is by learning from these people whose entire job is to know things. Yeah. And they tattoo all their information on their skin. That's like the old, that's the old lady who's teaching the, the girls how to, oh, yeah. re, you know, read and stuff like that. Yep. And, and then there's just a lot of group reinforcement. Yeah. Of very totally. Ideas. Like knowledge is a resource mm-hmm. in the Mad Max world as much as anything. And mm-hmm. the people who have the knowledge 
end up ruling things like mm-hmm. the smartest people yeah it like, is it is almost like a constant battle between like the people who know things and just like the really strong people who have fast cars yeah totally because uh and that's the i think the interesting thing about max is that max is smart yeah that's max true Max knows stuff as well as max can basically come into a situation and immediately tell who's pulling the strings and why mm-hmm. and so Fury Road's a little bit different because he kind of gets like unwillingly pulled into a situation, yeah. but he definitely still has knowledge to give. Yeah. But especially in the older, the Mel Gibson ones, the whole thing about him is that he like he goes into Barter Town and uh. he immediately knows what's going on, mm-hmm. and he still gets kind of unwittingly pulled into it because the the people in charge are better at manipulating. Yeah. The crowd. Yep. And so he gets, you know, taken advantage of there, but he's still smart. Yeah. And he actually is pretty smart in like smaller ways too, where he kind of sets a lot of booby traps. Yeah. And in like Road Warrior, when he, at the end of Road Warrior, when they have the the tanker that's a fake yep. tanker that's full of sand and they're yeah, just like, all right, they'll follow this. Big this. diversion. Yeah. It's really brilliant. So you want to just go through uh, the movies a little bit and just give like a super brief overview of yeah, each one? We kind of did the first one a little bit already. Yeah. So the first one. We, we he's, a, that one. he's a cop he's a cop his he, family dies he slowly turns into this basically revenge cop yeah and it's pretty cool the like the the design of it is really cool it doesn't turn into mad max until the road warrior yeah he's not really mad max until the second one and he the turns second into one the road warrior and the second one also has what people typically think of when they think of mad max which is the completely absurd vehicles that are covered in spikes. Basically, everything turns people into weird helmets. Everyone wears S and M gear in yeah. the desert. That's that's Mad Max. Yeah, it's like people who like have like these really elaborate shoulder pads, but like and no like helmet. Mohawks. They have like a mohawk. Yeah, <laughs> and like their like torso is entirely exposed. Yeah, <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah, but it's awesome. It's like it looks really cool, and they're all like wild maniacs, and they. It's kind of like what we were talking with RoboCop, where part of what we liked about the bad guy is that he's just in it for the love of the game. Yeah. He just loves killing people. He just loves killing. And that's a lot of these guys, too, is they're just bananas. Yeah. Like, Lord Humongous is the one smart guy in Road Warrior, and everybody else is just Cackling. people who love to cackle. Yeah. <laughs> they love it when, like, their own buddies get shot and then just cackle. Yeah, they just think it's funny when somebody gets their fingers chopped off. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, so, in that one, basically, he runs into a small town that is running an oil refinery. Mm-hmm. And so, they have the resources, essentially. Yep. And there's this roving gang run by Lord Humongous, Lord who is, Humongous. in fact, Humongous. <laughs> and he has this, like, hockey mask-esque helmet. Yeah, and he never takes it off. So. And that's all he wears, pretty much. Yeah, he's like a hockey mask <laughs> and, like, a leather Speedo, basically. <laughs> but he's the guy in charge, and he's just, like, huge, muscly brute. And mm-hmm. so they're just fending off attacks from this roving gang. And every anytime they try and go out, they get attacked. And so mm-hmm. Max makes it in there somehow. And I think he actually gets captured by them by the good guys oh yeah and then yeah. he like comes with the plan for them to get out yep well then this is the introduction of bruce spence and the, hel- the helicopter guy yeah oh man comes back in the next one as well there's as a different helicopter guy also that looks like bruce spence. <laughs> there's a guy in this town who has a i believe it's called a gyrocopter yeah a gyrocopter and which is hilarious to me because this whole thing is about the scarce resources and a helicopter has got to be the most Oh, this thing looks like this thing looks like it. It runs on a motorcycle engine. Like it's a tiny. It's like a maybe two man. 
yeah, I tiny cup. There's it, nothing to it. It's just like a frame with a propeller. Yeah, on the top. I guess it's just flying. It's just not very. It's uh, crazy. <laughs> it's totally crazy. But so it's it's almost steampunk esque, actually. A little bit. Yeah. Having the gyrocopter. The whole thing is pretty purely. This is the most like a western. This is the one that mm-hmm. everyone is like. This guy's the man with no name who comes yeah. in and helps a town. Yep. It's straight up that. Yep, it's a western, which is cool, and it, it is cool. works really well. And so then, you know, the whole end game is that Max decides he likes these people enough that he's going to let them run a distraction for them, so that everyone else can run away yeah. with enough oil to get them to sort of civilization, like yeah. a place with water, basically. Yeah. The man, I got to talk about the people in this town because oh, yeah. they are silly. They all wear like white headbands. They, yeah, they have like white headbands and like all like beige. And like they're clearly marked as good guys, like yeah, visually. Though okay, the woman who's like, I don't know if she's in charge or what. She looks just like it kept reminding me of the female protagonist in the Dark Crystal. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> she's got like the blonde hair and the bangs, and she wears like all beige. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous. Yeah, she's got some awesome shoulder pads. Yeah. There's so literally like good football shoulder, shoulder pads <laughs> in this series. These people really wanted to make everyone think that their shoulders were huge. They love shoulder pads, or they needed to really protect their shoulders. I don't know. Also possible. I think both. Yeah. There's also a feral kid. Oh, the feral kid. Called Feral Kid. Yeah. In my like, And he the just credits. growls. He doesn't do anything. And he then he has the end, a boomerang, a bladed boomerang. Yeah, that's the one cool <laughs> thing. He's got this really thick glove that he catches his bladed boomerang in. Yeah. And he. I think he only really gets one use out of it. It yeah, cuts off like, that guy's fingers. And, well, and he kills a woman who's oh, that's right. with the bad guys. Yeah. Okay, like the, so the mohawked guy's girlfriend. He gets two. Actually, that's a guy. Oh, really? Yeah. I couldn't tell. It's, he's an effeminate looking man. Oh, okay. Yeah. They fooled me. Yep. I oh. was watching it on my computer on oh, a YouTube screen, so yeah. it was pretty small. So, man, this feral kid, he ends up being the narrator in the... Yeah. At the end of the movie. So there's like a, there's narration, which, yeah. what's that about? And it's <laughs> it's this feral kid. He's grown up enough to actually learn to speak, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Which is also really funny. <laughs> I hope he kept his backflipping ability. I would imagine so. He became so. a well-spoken adult. It's a wild movie. <laughs> it's very good. It's just super cool. I There's, love that movie so much. It's just filled with lots of cool little things of even how they would construct their fort. Yeah. Like how the, it's all the sides of it are like stacked with tires on the top and they yep. have flamethrowers. Yep. They have this big bus that they like put armor on. Yeah. That they drive in that's, front that's of the, the door, door. Yeah. to block the door. Yep. Just stuff like that that's cool. It's really clever. And the pot's so simple. It's mm-hmm. kind. That's why I think it's so good. Is that yeah. the plot's so simple that it gives it time to just breathe with all the weird little details of the yeah. world. Yeah, actually, that reminds me too of I was gonna back up a little bit to the first one and about how the first one had like a comically simple script. Yeah, too simple. Probably. Too simple. Like not enough to fill it out. Not there's not even there's no subtext to the movie. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought it was interesting how. One of the other things it's notable for is that it had a budget of like four hundred thousand dollars and then made like a hundred million dollars, which is insane. A hundred million dollars. Yeah, wow. it was at the time the most profitable movie that was ever made. Wow. Yeah, which is That's nuts. Amazing. That people would be like a lot of people who reviewed it at the time were like, "This is trash. This is super mega violent. Whatever." Yeah. And then everyone just was super into it. Just some very simple thing like that. Yeah. And then the second one comes around. I thought it was really interesting that they decided to go that way. Like, oh, that it just doesn't pay off in the same way? 
Well, that it's that instead of just making like a trashy movie that would make a lot of money, they yeah. like, he like went all out. Yeah, and like it's not the same kind of not like mindless violence. The first one wasn't totally it's not mindless. A revenge thriller. In no, it's not way. a revenge thriller. Like the they really amped up the costumes but so, I'm so much. But I'm so glad they did that. Yeah, I know. That's what makes Mad Max. It's almost cool. like an Alien and Aliens kind of sequel situation yeah, except it's all the same except guy except it's the same guy yeah that's right because this is what he wanted to do yeah which i think is really interesting like he had this first movie that was crazy successful yeah and then he was almost like you know i'm gonna stick to my guns this is what i wanted this is what i wanted it to be yeah i wanted yeah. to like i'm interested in the future part yeah not the part that because the first the future part barely came into it in the first one the yeah. first one could have been in roughly 1979 the 70s. yeah yeah it looked like it, you know, like the government was collapsing, but they could have just set it in some place where the government had collapsed, yeah. you know. But this one, boy, they really went for the future thing. Like everybody's yes. got weird, everything's cross. Co- they have like weird crossbows that make almost zapping noises. Everything's cobbled together from junk. Yeah, which is what's so cool about it. Like the, this is really post-apocalyptic. Yeah, this is basically what defines post-apocalyptic. Yeah, in in a whole oh, new yeah. way that no one had ever done before, and uh-huh. I think people haven't really. Uh, the video game Borderlands pretty much is like a Mad Max video game in mm-hmm. a sense, but people who haven't seen Mad Max like go back and watch it, and they're like, they ripped off Borderlands all the way around, buddy. <laughs> yeah. But it's just one of those things, so... Yeah. That's when you know your movie was too good. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> that it just like totally became a part of the culture, it's and the, people... It, do, like We even like you mentioned watching the first one after you've seen the later ones. Yeah. It's a little bit of the same it's thing. It's hard. Where it... It caught on so well yeah. that it doesn't even seem that cool. Mm-hmm. But it is cool, actually. Okay, now I got, I got to talk about the third one because yeah. that one... <laughs> so Road Warrior up to that point was the purest vision that George Miller could have done, that do he th- wanted to do. Do you think Road Warrior's like the best of the older three? In yeah. your opinion, you think it is? It is. It's just perfect. Yeah. So Because the problem... Beyond Thunderdome is really good. But... So this is, I've heard... It, it really just takes a dive in the middle third, kind of. Because I always, I haven't seen Thunderdome. Okay, yeah, and I just found this out like 20 minutes ago, and and, I am shocked. And I'd always heard that it was the one that sucks. That's like how, like, that was my, what I've just kind of gathered from the world. And then I just played you some clips, and how do you feel about it now? The clips seem good. Yeah. But that was kind of the same with the first one. Like, the first one, if you watch just the clips, yeah. it seems cooler than so, it actually is. So or it seems like a better movie, I Beyond should Thunderdome say. Beyond Thunderdome's a little bit like Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're already on board for this movie, it's really good. Yeah. But if you're initially coming in like, I'm going to be skeptical about the Ewoks, then you're not going to like it. Because sure. there is a, literally an Ewok thing in this where it is... Oh, we run into these little kids, and these little kids need to be rescued. I'll get to that. Mm-hmm. And that part really drags. Yeah. But the part that's cool is Bartertown. Yeah. So Bartertown itself and Thunderdome just comes up with so many memes. Yeah. <laughs> including just the idea of Thunderdome. Yeah, the name Thunderdome is incredible. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome is, one, a perfect title. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Two, a perfect concept. Yep. And three... Tina Turner's best role. <laughs> yeah, so, Tina Turner's in there. I feel like Tina Turner is... Is Tina Turner like a lightning rod in this movie for people who I think people, don't think it's as good as the other ones? I think people generally like her. Okay. She's fun. I mean, if you... She's no more ridiculous than Lord Humongous. Oh, yeah. She's awesome. And, I, but and all people of her sidekicks who, are People great. who 
attack these lightning rods are frequently doing it in a misguided way. So I just wasn't oh, sure yeah. if there being a person who we all know who it is. Nope. Everybody like universally dislikes cool. the part that is bad, which is the kid part. Got it. So this is supposed to take place like years later. Mm-hmm. Max, his car isn't working anymore. So yep. now it's basically a cart that's getting pulled by camels. <laughs> and... He basically gets robbed, and he makes it to the Thunder... He makes it to Bartertown, uh-huh. and he wants to get his car back. That's this whole thing. That's always his thing. He loses his car. He wants to get it back. Oh, yeah. He's dude wrong with his car. car. He loves his car. So It's basically a superpower. Yeah. I mean, I it's, like, it's like John Wick's dog. Like, <laughs> Except that's more of a purely emotional thing. This would be like... I think the car also represents like, his dead wife and kid. Yeah, but it's but the, his car is also kind of like his weapon. You yeah, know? So yeah. it's almost like his favorite gun, almost, kind more of. than his dog. But he does... But all the movies take place basically without him getting having any use of his car. Other than the first one. Well, which, that's why I'm saying yeah. it's a whole different thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So he makes it to Barter Town, and he figures out what Barter Town is. Yeah. You barter... That's what you get. You come in. You have something to barter. You can be part of the town. Yep. And the whole thing runs on methane from pigs. Mm-hmm. And so, the guy who basically like watches the gate is uh, the lackey of the person who runs Barter Town, Auntie Entity, mm-hmm. who is played by Tina Turner and is super good. She's, <laughs> yeah. She like fits perfectly within the Thunderdome universe oh, yeah. or the Mad Max universe because she's she can ham it up a little bit. She's over the top, but without being too stupid yeah <laughs> like she's not winking at the camera she's willing to just play it straight of like yeah. wow these are ridiculous because a lot of the i mean we mentioned this earlier the names aren't subtle the themes aren't nope. really subtle so you know you gotta commit <laughs> yeah you do and they do and it's great so auntie entity is in competition with the guy that runs below ground mm-hmm. where the pigs are whose name is Master Blaster. Oh, yes. Which is also great. Master Blaster is two people. Yeah, a tiny guy named Master, who is like a... Smart. Yeah, a smart little dude. Yep. So he's smart and weak, and Blaster is this enormous strong guy who you find out later is mentally handicapped yep in some way we yep. don't really know how but he's clearly like the mind of a child so yeah master runs things and blaster does his bidding mm-hmm. and so that's where you get the who run barter town yeah master blaster run because he town. kind of takes the energy hostage he frequently so does embargoes to just prove that he can mm-hmm. and so auntie entity wants him dead and so she hires max to do it so max that's what max can trade is his fighting ability his fighting ability because he's, he's dangerous. Uh-huh. And so they put them in the Thunderdome. Yes, which is like a coliseum. Yeah, so there's a guy who like gives a speech beforehand about how we used to... There used to be war, and war is what got us into this mess in the first place. And mm-hmm. so now whenever we have a... Whenever people disagree enough that they want to kill each other, we just put them in the Thunderdome. Yep. And in the Thunderdome, two men enter, one man leaves. <laughs> yep. That's it. And then everyone chants that over everyone and over Everyone chants it a lot. There's a lot of chanting in that scene. <laughs> a lot of chanting. But People, uh, I think, go to the Thunderdome to chant. Yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely. They're in it for the, the sports, but they also just, I think, love the community of chanting. <laughs> yes. Well, and I think it's also very... It fits into the themes, which I'll get to in a little bit, uh-huh. but of basically distracting the masses enough to get your will done yeah so mad mad max himself or the man with no name because he never gives them his name which is great because that's a that's what the character name is in the good the mad and the ugly right totally yeah yep and so he comes in and beats the guy basically they're like both attached to bungee cords 
Mm-hmm. And they can bounce around and like grab weapons and stuff. Oh, weird. It's so good. <laughs> and so Max gets a hold of a chainsaw. Uh-huh. And then, you know, the other one, they're just fighting. It's a big fight scene. It's fun. Yep. And he finally beats him and he's going to kill him because you can't leave the Thunderdome without killing the other person. One man leave. One man. One man leave. <laughs> so, and he finds out that this guy is like the, has the mind of a child and he feels bad and he can't kill him. And so then Auntie Entity like takes advantage of the situation and says, you bust a deal, you face the wheel. Mm-hmm. So, which everyone also chants. Yeah. Which everyone's <laughs> like, oh yeah, you know what? He did bust a deal. He should face the wheel. If you say so. Yeah. <laughs> So this is their way of, like, settling all their stuff. And so he basically gets run out of town on a horse, like, out in the wasteland with no Mm -hmm. supplies. And this is where the part comes in that everybody hates, which is he runs into this, these kids that live in a sort of, like, little valley that's hidden from everything where they can survive. Mm -hmm. And these kids all were in a plane crash. Mm -hmm. And the captain survived the plane crash and he went out to go find help and he said all of you stay here kind of okay. so they have this whole society built up from like where the older kids taught the younger kids all this stuff mm-hmm. and they all believe that the captain's gonna return someday and max yeah. sort of looks like the captain yeah so they're like you're the captain like <laughs> none of them remember or whatever yeah so what max has to do is go back to barter town and steal i think they have an airplane okay and they can fit all the kids on the airplane like it's like a prop plane but it's like mm-hmm. a big enough one that they could fit you know 15 people or Cram whatever. a bunch of kids yeah totally so he has to sneak back into barter town and get all these kids on the plane and take them to the coast yeah because the coast is where people can survive yep so he has to sneak back in and beat on yeah. tnc and that's the whole thing but does the it kids, suck because of the kids the, it, it sucks because of the kids yeah. like so and there, there's actually a story behind that which is that george miller didn't have that in there. That's actually from another movie, kind of. Hmm. And I believe, like, one of his really good friends, there was, like, a helicopter scene, and the guy crashed and died. Hmm. And George Miller was so sad about it that he basically left directing the movie to his, like, second director. Uh-huh. And that's where a lot of that stuff really kind of got... And that was, by the that time, that was a lot of the movie... Huh. was the kid stuff that was left a little bit yeah and so it gets really cheesy and mm-hmm. like it's not a good way yeah so it's it's okay but boy that first half is really what you want it to be and the yeah. second half is just kind of more standard fare that's maybe why it's so disappointing it's just too standard yeah even though they do the cool things where it's like this is what would happen if like older kids taught younger kids they just mm. all like say the same chants and stuff and they yeah it's sort of the first instance of like this is what mimetic mutation is like yeah, yeah. this is what memes form yeah like, we just say the same thing a bunch and it sounds good yeah and people are like aha i know that yeah bust a deal face the wheel yeah people like learn from it very basic stuff exactly and that's what i think is so interesting about the future of mad max uh-huh. is that he does a good job of thinking how crowds work yeah so like how people will learn something and mutate it into their own thing uh-huh. and it, things can have bigger meanings outside of what one person says mm-hmm. so it's pretty cool and like you know all these are all about the legends and myths and mythos and how that yeah. works yeah i think so. it's interesting too how looking at it through that context that ever like it's almost like society has like dumbed down like super fast yeah i think actually is kind of useful for how they can get away with the themes being so obvious all the time yeah for sure even like the first one 
I mean, it doesn't really have it as much because mm-hmm. there's almost no themes in the movie. Yeah. But by the time it gets to like Fury Road, yeah, the themes of the movie, there's like no subtext because it's all text. That's okay, and that's okay. Like, yeah, that's great. It, it fits with the vibe. And there is, and that's actually where I want to get to with some of the subtext of uh-huh. it is that mainly with the first three and mainly with two and three, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the subtext is just about capitalism and people with power and how they deal with people without power uh-huh. it's especially evident in barter town mm-hmm. but it's also very evident in like the road warrior with the oil and stuff like that mm-hmm. and i think it's pretty obvious that you know the people in charge are the ones that and they pretty much impose their will on everyone mm-hmm. which i mean is just a general thing of power but like yeah you know they're the ones that either have one exceptional quality like auntie entity's very smart and cunning Yep, and Master Blaster is very, you know, like he's the guy that down there in the muck, and he understands how it all works. Yeah, and they're kind of in this big embargo war with each other, mm-hmm. it, or like even the Road Warrior, like the people with the power, aka like the really dangerous gangs, yeah, are the ones that are attacking the people who kind of have this land, for example. Yep, and so all these I think are really kind. Of, it's it's a little on the nose, obviously, but. It's ways that like people in power try and take stuff from people who don't have power, and Max mm-hmm. is this great equalizer mm-hmm. that comes in and fights for for people, basically for like yeah. the rights of people for the side that like values human life. Yeah, exactly. Versus yeah. profit or something like that. Yeah, and that's why the Thunderdome is so interesting because that's a good way for the people in charge mm-hmm. in Barter Town to keep people in line. I think it's, they just distract yeah. them and say, "Hey, that's the rules. I wrote the rules." Yeah. Well, I think it's funny how the second one is almost like a more like way old school power struggle. Like it's almost like feudalism or something. I was I was thinking like colonialism a little yeah. bit because the whole the idea that like someone has this resource, yeah, land even or yeah. you know, something like that, and these people who have sort of superior technology just mm-hmm. in the sense of you know they have superior violence technology they have su- superior violence technology and they have superior cars too actually yeah they have true. the good cars yeah so and how they're you know like imposing their will on these people yeah. and just terrorizing them yeah but i think how that one's different is that like in barter town it's called barter town yeah it's but in, in the second one there's really no there's no like profit motive or anything it doesn't they well, they ex- seem to just want yeah. the oil so they can just keep doing it's exploitation yeah, yeah they just sure. want to keep doing their insane yeah. yep. oil th- thieving yeah totally uh, so that's it's yeah it's like a way old school for sure. kind of power struggle but and i would then, argue yeah. even in barter town like auntie entity doesn't have anything to barter she's just in charge yeah that's but it. that I the think people that, in power don't yeah. have to do the same as all these other people do. They're not down there scooping pig crap. Yeah, they're just making the decisions. Yeah, and then manipulating people to do stuff for them. Yeah, yep. which is kind of a really. But I think that one's more of uh, analogous to what society is actually like now. Yeah, for Whereas sure. Whereas I don't think Road Warrior really is. Not necessarily. Other than the power. I mean, if you get abstract enough, it definitely is. Yeah. Like people have something, people want to exploit it. Yeah, that's true. So that's. Yeah, that's why this is good sci-fi, I think, mm-hmm. is honestly, because it's so... It is on the nose, Yeah, but it, it presents it in such an interesting way that it makes it obvious what's good and what's yeah, bad. Yeah, and it looks at the problems of society, and I think some of the best sci-fi is the stuff that looks at the problems of society and kind of almost imagines, what if these problems keep being around yeah. once technology becomes awesome? Right. Or whatever, even though in this the technology is not awesome. Well, it's, uh, it's, that's, that is sci-fi, right? Like, one thing has changed, 
Uh-huh. How does this affect everything still? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's good. I don't know. I love these movies so much, and I want to do a whole thing. on. You want to just do a two-parter here? Uh, we can just... You want to just do a part two on Fury Road? Let's do it. Okay, cool. Any final things on these first three? Uh...